This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from my region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from Radio America in Arlington, Virginia. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-hosts, Andrew Howard, Howard Insurance, Mark Haas, Association for Enterprise Growth, and Katie Brewer. And uh, Katie, could you give us please a rundown on who else we have on the air with us today, please? We have Greg McCarthy, CEO of AOC Key Solutions, Jennifer Collins, CEO and President of JDC Events, Todd Henkel, owner of Lost Creek Winery, and Jennifer Eubanks, CEO of CPA Department. Let's get to know our first guest, Greg McCarthy, CEO of AOC Key Solutions. Greg, what is AOC Key Solutions? We're a consulting firm of 33 people that help government contractors win federal contracts. Mm -hmm. Whose idea was this? My brother started this business in the 1980s, 1983 to be exact. Uh-huh. And uh, so your brother started the business. And where are you from and how many brothers and sisters do you have? From Baltimore, Maryland. I have one older brother, one older sister. So you're the youngest of three. What happened in your childhood to get you to be able to go in the business with your brother? Well, uh, my brother being 12 years older, we didn't really grow up together. He, um, he went off to college when I was in first grade. So uh, this, this has been very nice. As adults, we've gotten to know each other and are very close right now. Mm-hmm. And what do you do different or better than your brother in terms of business? I think uh, what I do mostly is run the business as a business, uh, focus on X's and O's, and I have a good eye for talent for bringing people into the organization. Uh, is that your idea that you've got a good eye for talent, or is that your brother's idea that you've got a good eye for talent? He probably spotted it in me some time ago. So your brother really appreciates that you're able to bring the organization to the next level, it sounds like. I think so. He got it to a point where we're one of the leaders, and now I'm trying to really grow it in a big way and uh, become the market leader in the space that we operate in. Oh, now I understand. All right. I think, Andrew, you got the next question? Speaking of X's and O's, Greg, what sports did you play growing up? So I played sports year-round, soccer, basketball, and lacrosse. And uh, what positions did you play in each of those? Mostly defensive positions, uh, midfield in in soccer and lacrosse, and later uh, I moved back to the fullback position in soccer, and then I was a point guard in basketball. A little bit of offense in there too, Greg. Uh, What's the personality trait of those positions? I think collaboration, distribution, and uh, wanting to control the play. So you wanted to uh, sort of have it fall to your your shoulders a lot of the times? Absolutely. I loved it. Very competitive. I love to win. And how does that translate today at AOC? I want our firm to be the best firm that it can possibly be, bring in the best people, and help our our clients win as much business as they can possibly win. You wanted to help your teammates win, and now today you want to help your clients win. Absolutely. We love winning. It's a real culture of winning, and we're very proud when our, when our clients uh, are the ones selected to uh, support a contract. Why did your friends like you? I was always like a central point. So we gathered at my house. We decided what the activities were going to be from my house, whether it was in the neighborhood or on a football field playing pickup football. Is your CEO role now as, a, as an outside person or an inside person? I'd say very much an inside person. Uh, I'm very accessible, roll my sleeves up, and I, I love the, the people in our company. I love uh, working with them day in and day out. How young were you when you started making money? I was young. I, I did uh, odd jobs that people don't, kids don't do these days, shoveling snow, cutting grass, washing cars. And then I had a snowball stand uh, when I was 14 that I actually took around the neighborhoods and People would line up uh, waiting to buy snowballs uh, after dinner each each night on in the summer. Snowball stand was that your idea? It was a neighbor's, and he outgrew it, and went on to the next thing, driving cars and things like that. And so I took it uh, took it from him and, and built it up a little bit. So similar pattern to what you've been doing with AOC Key Solutions. I guess you could say there's a link there. <laughs> <laughs> the link is somebody else started something and you took it the next level. 
Right. So perhaps I'm not an originator, but I like to improve upon uh, things that I that I do get. Well, we're seeing that from an early age. Uh-huh. How do you approach solving problems? Uh, team, collaborative, uh, put great people around me. I like to diagram things, uh, whiteboard, et cetera, and, and walk through them step by step. So you're more of a visual problem solver? Visual problem solver, visual learner for sure. Certainly makes it easier to communicate to others. What kind of toys did you play with as a kid? Uh, anything physical, uh, skateboard, uh, bikes, uh, any kind of sporting, you know, uh, balls, hockey sticks, lacrosse sticks, that sort of thing. How does that relate to how you run your business now? Uh, very much involved, very physical, and I would say that uh, I'm a grinder, and that's probably, that's probably started at a young age. What do you mean you're a grinder? What are you talking about? Nothing was really given to me. I had to uh, work. Uh, I was uh, smaller in stature as a kid. I was young, a year younger than all my classmates, and I always had to grind, work harder than everybody else around me to get the things I, that I wanted to do. So, so yeah, but now that it says, if I'm reading this correctly, it says you're the, you're the CEO. You don't have to do that anymore, do you? I do because I flip it around, and I, I work for the people that work for me and my company. Wait a minute, you're the boss. You're the one who can tell people you're fired, do this, get out of here, right? I do, and I'll do that when I need to, but day-to-day is, is supporting my folks to be the best they can be. Supporting your folks to be the, it sounds to me like you work for them. That's the way I look at it, yes, sir. What do you mean? I mean, well, I'm on the top of the org chart, but it's my job to make sure everybody who comes into our organization is as successful as they possibly can be. How, how young did you learn that? Probably a young age, uh, dribbling the ball down the court and getting it to the big guys who can put it in the hoop. You're telling me as a kid, you're relating your sports career, dribbling the ball down the court and then getting it to the guys that can put it in the hoop. You're relating that to the way you build a business? Absolutely. You got to enable the folks um, that you have around you. And I put very capable, smart people around me and I got to get them the ball. Mark? What are you most proud of about your employees? I think uh, the fact that they love doing what they do, it's a very difficult uh, job. It's intense. There's time constraints. There's uh, government requirements that have to be pa- uh, passed. And so uh, we, we let the folks know that when they work hard, they can also take some time off and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. What did your father do for a living? He was a salesperson all his life. And you your know, mom? Mom was a stay-at-home mom. What was the personality trait of uh, your father that you'd bring into your business? So my father was very much about uh, you know pro business, making it easy for your clients to do business with them. You know, don't ask for cream and sugar in your coffee. Drink it black. Shake their hands nice and hard, and look people in the eye, and always follow up. And is that something you bring to your world? Absolutely. I would hope I would hope that people in my company would say that, that I'm just like that. And how about your mom? Mom was very uh, personable, approachable. She was the life of the party. She was also the athlete in the family. And uh, I got a lot of my personality traits from her as well. And what do you bring from the personality and, uh, and relatable aspect of her into your work? I think just uh, being approachable, the door's always open. And um, you know, when you're in a professional environment, uh, you, can, you need to listen to folks that are around you. and. Uh, Help them be the absolute best they can be. Mark? With a little distance from when you started or took over the role of CEO, what do you appreciate about your role now that you didn't necessarily appreciate or understand when you started? Yeah, I think um, in an organization I've learned that you have, you can't have all A players. you got to have uh, as many A players as possible, but there are B players and people that are aspiring to be A players that you've got to help develop. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. wait. Help, what do you mean help develop? What are you talking about? I thought that somebody's good at taking the ball down the quarter or not. Yes, but uh, you can help them uh, immensely if you show them how to do that, if you listen to them, if you uh, be a good role model for them, they can learn from you. Oh, a good role model for them. You see yourself needing to be a good role model. I do. Not perfect, but I, uh, but I try to be. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You try to be a good role model, and you think that that's important as the CEO. Absolutely, they got to look to somebody at the top, and the way we run our business, the cadence, um, those kinds of things, and you got to set the example uh, from the top. Uh huh. And uh, what do you mean by cadence? What, what's that word mean? What do you mean? Um, I think it's uh, some some people would call that rhythm or battle rhythm. It's the um, 
you know, the way the company marches and uh, uh-huh. how we get from a start gotcha. to finish. Mark? What kind of philanthropic activities do you engage in now or would like to engage in? I sit on a couple of boards uh, for charity and I try to guide, guide them and, and give input and, and help steer them in the right direction. But why do you bother doing that? You're supposed to be running a business. Uh, you got to give back. So I've learned that from my brother and I try to give back to uh, on two particular boards that I sit on and I'm the one who benefits from uh, from being part of those boards. Wow. You How'd really you select those particular mm-hmm. organizations mm-hmm. and what are they? Um, there are actually two of my alma mater boards. One's, uh, one's an athletic board mm-hmm. and the other is the business school board. Oh, cool. And What's the website address for AOC Key Solutions? AOC Solutions. AOCKeysolutions.com. Let me have that one more time. AOCKeysolutions.com. We've been speaking with Greg McCarthy, CEO of AOC Key Solutions, here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, at executiveleadersradio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders. Back in a moment, right after this break. And your name and organization is? Oh, my name is Josh Kramer. I'm a director of business development at AOC Key Solutions. And what, what, what is it? What do you mean by director of business development? What do you my, do? my responsibility with AOC Key Solutions is to enhance the relationships that we have with our current clients um, and expand um, the relationships that we have within our government contractor mm-hmm. market. How young were you when you were doing that kind of stuff? Um, I really started, um, you know, when I was younger playing basketball. Um, I, I played any role from point guard to center because um, due to growth spurts. Um, and what I did you know, when I played basketball was really, you know, fill in any part of the team that needed it. You know, whether, you know, someone was making baskets, feeding them the ball, um, whether, you know, the team was cold, I had to make some shots, whatever it took to, um, you know, get, get our team to the ultimate um, goal that we had. So how that translates into what I do now is, you know, internally, you know, understanding, you know, how can we be a better organization? How can I help um, our CEO grow the business? And with our clients, understanding, you know, there might be some areas that they're really good at um, and some areas that they have challenges. So how can we help augment that um, and, and help them better, you know, have better outcomes with, with their clients? How long have you been with the company? I've been with the client company for about seven months now. Mm-hmm. What are you enjoying about your role? Um, I enjoy the, the freedom that uh, our leadership gives me to really, um, you know, grow our service line. Why do you think he's giving, why do you think your CEO is giving you the freedom? Um, he is uh, a, a very much um, similar to me in terms of, you know, how he consumes information. You know, I like to present and, and build business cases. Is for, it because you know, he trusts you? Um, I, I feel so, yes. Is it because he did a good job selecting you? Um, selfishly, I feel so, yes. Is it because you're willing to do whatever it takes like you did when you were playing sports and he knows that about you? Absolutely. What do you mean? Um, I, I feel that, you know, he gives me that the freedom to, um, you know, help, help grow the business. Sounds to me like he's a great CEO because he selected the right people and you're really enjoying what you're doing. What's the website address? AOCKeysolutions.com. Let me have that one more time. AOCKeysolutions.com. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name and organization is? Fran Rucker, and I'm director of business development for CPA department. And what is CPA department? What do you guys do? We are an accountancy and tax firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bulk of our clients come from the government contracting world, but we also have uh, commercial clients and nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what's your role there? I am director of business development. Uh-huh. And how young where, where were you from originally? Wilmington, Delaware. And how young were you when this business development stuff was showing up? Well, at a very early age, I got involved in the world of horses. Um, what, what, what does horses have to do with uh, accounting? Well, it, it has to do with uh, relationships and taking care of things. And um, Well, you I, were doing that with, how young were you when, when you were involved with horses? Oh, God, I started riding when I was about seven. Uh-huh, and so you got on the back of a horse and you rode. Big deal. What's that have to do with responsibility? <laughs> well, I got thrown off a lot, but, uh-huh. um, but you have to get back on. Um, and um, that taught me uh, that in life you have to get back on. Did you on, take care of the horses? Off. Oh, yes. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. A lot of uh, mucking out of stalls, um, a lot of... Were uh, you forced to do that or did you want to do no, that? No, I wanted to do it. Why did you want to do that? I just wanted to be around them, and I wanted to be around the people that, that were around them as well. Uh-huh. What's that have to do with what you're doing nowadays? Well, I think business development, it, it's a little cliche, but it's its um, a lot to do with relationships. There's a lot of accountancy I firms thought, out there. I thought there. that there's, I think it's all about just selling people, just telling them whatever they need to know so they'll buy something from you. No, you know what? There's a lot of firms like ours out there, and um, y- you've got to have a relationship with the people. You have to have um, that trust factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to believe in what you're, yeah, so in what so you're like, selling. Just like the horse, you have to communicate with the horse. What's the website address of your organization? 
C-P-A-D-E-P-T.com. Let me have that one more time. C-P-A-D-E-P-T.com. And this has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Jennifer Collins, CEO and President of JDC Events. Jennifer, what is JDC Events? What are you guys doing? We are a company that helps companies to build brands through designing events. Like, Give me an example of how you help companies build their brands through events. What kind of events are you talking about? Scholarship competitions, uh, sales meetings, trainings, professional development conferences, hmm. uh, customer events. Very clever ways. What, what were you from originally? From Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And how many brothers and sisters? I am the youngest of three. All right. Sisters. Youngest of three. And how young were you when you were organizing the other kids? Probably around the age of six. What were you doing? I was building car washes in the summer. Uh, <clears throat> you were doing what? I was pretty much building car washes in the summertime. Where did the idea come from? Well, I decided that I wanted to make a little money. We had to earn our chores and earn our keep Mm -hmm. um, as I was growing up. And so that was a way for me to be able to do that. So it was your idea. Who was was washing their car? Where did you get this idea from? Well, my dad would be washing cars. Did and he I tell you to him. go do this? He did not. So I you... just looked at it and thought that it would be a great way to potentially be able to help. So with what my was the chores. next step in your, uh, in your car wash idea? I decided to get more of our neighbors involved by designing a rate card. You did what? I had a price list. At six years old. I did. Tell me a little bit about what was the thinking behind that. Well, it, was a, six. it was a way to earn more money. I, I designed the rate card where it had different pieces on it, windows, inside out, vacuuming, and tires. Oh my tires God, you, segregate, you segregated the market. You went ahead and you just came up with a, a Chinese menu so they could, that's a very clever idea at the age of six, not only to come up with a rate card, but also to figure out how to go ahead and upsell and cross-sell. And who, did anybody ever give you a hand with washing these cars? My sisters, at times. These were older sisters you managed to coerce to give you a hand washing the cars? Yes, my two older sisters, absolutely. Uh-huh. So you were organizing other kids when you were six years old and doing a car wash with you where you organized the idea and the rate card. And What's that have to do with this organization known as JDC Events? Well, it was very much translated in the sense of it was bringing people together for a common cause and a purpose and having everybody on board so they would understand what their role was and the part that they played in it and for all of us to be on one accord to get the job done. I just wanted to make sure I understood what your first event was, Andrew. Jennifer, who was the biggest singular influence in your life outside of family growing up? I actually would say it's, it's both my uh, grandmother and my grandfather, so well, my grandparents. Why, why both? Because they both owned businesses. Um, it was a cleaners and a landscaping company. And, and where were they geographically? They were located in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Did you spend a lot of time with them? I did. Every weekend we had gone to Connecticut to visit. You had a line in the green room that I, I wrote down that I thought was incredible. You said building a company is a family to provide for your family. Can you explain that? Well, it was something that I watched my grandparents do. So it was it was all that I knew in the sense of using or having entrepreneurial skills that were able to really translate into taking care of your family. Now, how does that translate to the culture you've built at JDC? Uh, very much translated those skills into building a culture that takes care of my people. I believe the receiving is in the giving. And so I give in the sense of affording people flexibility, um, a culture that is uh, safe, a culture that is um, enjoyable because we have to spend the majority of our time there. And I wanted to make sure that people, when they are there, we're not just taking care of the employee, but we have their families yeah, to I really believe you, too, Mark. So your uh, grandparents were in business. What did your parents do? My parents, uh, my father was in sales. He was a buyer for one of the largest grocery store chains in New England. And my mom worked as an executive within um, the healthcare Blue Cross Blue Shield. What did you learn from them? Yeah, what do you bring from them to work every day, from mom and dad? My dad very much was the business guy, so he was the salesperson, and so he was very extrovert um, and really congenial with everybody. My mom was more so the introvert, but very much keeping things together, focused, uh, keeping things in line, getting things done. So they very much had a, I I like to say that I have a very much of a, a blended personality in the sense that I bring a lot of what they both offered 
into my own life. Jennifer, what happened in seventh grade? In seventh grade, uh, when I was in school, I ran for uh, officer positions from presidency down to the secretary and treasurer. All at once? Each particular position, yes, I ran for. And uh, how did that work out? It didn't work out very well. I lost every position. Lost every position? I did. What happened in eighth grade? In eighth grade, I came back and I decided to run for presidency going into high school, and I won, and I subsequently won all four years thereafter. Wow, how many kids were in your school? About 300. Yeah, why'd you win? I won. Um, there was 300 kids, and I knew a lot of them. No, uh, they earlier were all in the my green friends. room, in the green room, you told me because you knew most of the kids, and I asked you how many kids were there, and you said 300, yeah. and you didn't think it was strange to get to know 300 kids, but that's pretty <laughs> exceptional, considering how badly you really wanted to win. Yeah, you know, I, I guess I didn't look at it that way. I mean, I they weren't, of course, all my friends per se, but we knew each other, so they mm -hmm. were aware of me. And I had to campaign. And so because I was campaigning, that allowed more people to know about well, me. What's that, that have too. to do with getting clients nowadays? Well, it has very much to do with everything I do here. I mean, it's just, um, it's building a strategy, it's campaigning, it's getting in front of people, it's mm -hmm. um, bringing your, your services to, and couching your services so that people would wanna buy. So mm -hmm. that very much translates into what I do now. So do you have a, just a, a small, tight group of friends? I do, uh, I do. Uh, growing up, you mentioned oh, before yes. you had lots of different connections to different groups. Yes, yes, I had a core group, my crew. Okay. And, but you said you ran in different circles in the government and the music and so forth. Um, yes. did, you said you played piano growing up? I do play piano, yes, okay. and I did. I was a classical pianist. So this is something that you enjoyed rather than just had to take piano lessons? I did enjoy I came to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, it was something that I was, I, they, my parents listened to me for a while in saying that I wanted to play it and they wanted to know if it was something that was going to last. And so they listened to me, continued to ask them if I could take piano lessons and then finally I did and I continued in it. What'd you learn from piano? Well, the piano taught me uh, a lot of different things because of the fact that I was performing. I was performing not only in my own personal recitals, but I was performing as the pianist for our school groups as well. So that taught me poise, it taught me performance, it taught me perseverance, it taught me calm under pressure and presentation, all of these things of which I use in my own business. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Katie? I understand you took your business full time right before 9-11. I did. Tell me a little about that. Well, I had left my job uh, at a PR firm and uh, my mother was very concerned about what I was doing and my dad was said, go, go for it. And so he was very much behind me. But it was two weeks before September 11th when the world stopped. And at that time, we had lost the only client that gave me the, the courage to leave my, my company or the way that I was working for. And it was hard to rebuild from there. It took several years, but we were able to do it and we continue on to this day. And you had your your resilience that you experienced in other aspects of your life. Yeah, from seventh really grade, you know, up. the way you came back from seventh grade to eighth grade in terms of the election, same thing you did with, with sticking with the business from 9-11. Um, Jennifer, if I was doing a good interview, what, mm -hmm. what would I be doing better or different in order to get to know you? You can tell them, <laughs> you can take it. <laughs> well, I would say, um, because of the fact of we prepare people to speak, for instance, when we have speakers that come to our events, one of the things that we prepare for them are speakers' kits. And it's something that tells you about what you're getting ready to experience, all the details, parking, how to get there, all of those particular aspects. So I would say for your future speakers, you might consider doing something as such that just gives them all of the details so that they can you're be fully informed on what they're going to do. Like I that, am it's about like, preparation. It's like Absolutely. that rate card when you were yeah. six years old, you're, and it's, you're, you're suggesting that when we bring guests in, that maybe I can be better prepared in terms of helping them understand exactly what's needed. Absolutely. So you're Absolutely. telling me when you run your events, you don't like accidents. You don't like surprises. You like things really well organized, don't you? Yes, I do like things well organized, but it's not always the case. Um, there's always something that is thrown in as a curveball, and that's when we improvise and we just we just manage it. But that calm under pressure that I have developed over the years is what really yeah, helps to carry that through. Yeah, from playing piano. Isn't that from playing piano? Yes, uh -huh. absolutely. What's the website address for this organization known as JDC Events? It's jdc-events.com. Let me have that another time? JDC-events.
www.jdcevents.com. We've been speaking with Jennifer Collins, CEO and President of JDC Events here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, and we'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh- what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh-huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, wh- what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure, I have a, make sure eight executive community members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. So you're, you're, well, you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Ramon Parker. And Ramon, the name of the organization? Loudon Free Clinic. And you were telling me there's some something special about the Loudon Free Clinic where every dollar that goes in does something else. What was that all about? Yeah, it does something magical. So for every dollar that's donated to our clinic, we can deliver $8 worth of care. And what kind of clinic is this? Who are, you, who are you helping out? What kind of stuff do you guys do? So we're helping out those who are 18 to 64 who are uninsured and low income, 200% or below the federal poverty level. And give me this thing about the math again. Give me how that works. So essentially, I have a, a staff of 12 individuals and 128 volunteers. So with that kind of payer mix, I'm able to deliver, you know, anywhere from $8 uh, in care for our patients. Because you've been able to enroll the support of so many volunteers, you're actually keeping the cost of health care down and therefore multiplying the dollars. And making one of it one of the best business investments for private corporations who want to invest. And didn't, ah, interesting. So private businesses and individuals can get involved. And didn't you Absolutely. tell me you had a couple of health care challenges yourself? What were they? I have. I've had four open heart surgeries, and it mm-hmm. helps me to understand what patients need. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So the idea of having been on the table or being a patient, I'm able to take a patient focus in how we deliver care differently than most people would. What did you you learn from those experiences personally? What do you appreciate that most of us don't? I appreciate consistency. Um, I think that a a staff at the hospital, nurses, providers, Mm -hmm. parents, Mm -hmm. family, all those people consistently being around me and consistently offering me hope. Uh, I'm so full of it that I have to offer that to the patients and to the staff when I'm working with them. What's the website address for the Loudon Free Clinic? Loudonfreeclinic.org. Let me have that one more time. L-O-U-D-O-U-N freeclinic.org. You've been speaking with your name again? Ramon Parker. And this has been your business spotlight. Thank you. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Todd Henkel, owner of Lost Creek Winery. Todd, what is Lost Creek Winery? What are you guys doing? Well, we're a boutique winery in Loudoun County. We produce uh, Chardonnay's, um, Burgundy-style reds, and offer a nice culinary aspect. Mm-hmm. And uh, where are you from originally? I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. How many brothers and sisters? I'm the oldest of three. I've got a younger brother and younger sister. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what kind of sports were you playing 8 to 14? Uh, at that age, I was playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your role on the team? Uh, at that age, I played, I played shortstop. Uh-huh. Why do you, uh, you enjoy playing shortstop? Uh, from my perspective, I think uh, shortstop was where all the action was. It got the most hits uh, your way, and you were kind of on the ball more than anybody else. 
you got the most hits, so you like being in the line of fire, huh? Absolutely. Uh-huh. What's that have to do with what you're doing nowadays? Is uh, It says here you're the owner of Lost Creek Winery. Well, I mean, it's certainly... Uh uh, you're certainly under the gun at all times when you're a, when you're a, a winemaker, a vineyard manager, and an entrepreneur. And uh, certainly you're under pressure when you're a, a, a ten, ten-year-old shortstop. Mm-hmm. Katie? How young were you when you started earning money? Uh, my first full-time job, I was 14 years old, working for uh, Boulder Country Club and their pro shop. What was your role? I was responsible for more kind of golfer relations, helping uh, helping folks bags onto their carts, bags off their carts, cleaning it for them, taking the bags out to their uh, parking lot. And what did you do differently than the other kids? You know, we were just a team. Uh, my my best friend in elementary school and in junior high, his older brother was a supervisor, and you know, the between the five or six of us, we just worked together as a team to really kind of our goal was to to maximize the guest experience. Is teamwork important to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Every part of my life is teamwork is, is key. How does that translate into the Lost Creek Winery? Well, at the winery, that, there's nothing but team. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, you don't think about it, but it's a pretty complex organization. I and mean, you've, uh, you've got vineyard management that's going on that's completely at the mercy of, of Mother Nature. Uh, Winemaking is very artistic, but there's a lot of nuances. Then, you know, we all know that it, it, it takes two years to make a bottle of wine and get into customers' hands. Uh, we've also got the guest experience in the front of the house, uh, a culinary aspect, and there's just a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. You also talked about your grandfather um, had a entrepreneurial business, too. Yeah, my grandfather was in Lincoln, Nebraska. He was the owner of an audiovisual company that was uh, uh, supplied schools in the area. And, and did I you would, ever uh, visit him? Absolutely. Once a summer, I'd go out there for about a week, and, uh, and I, would, I would work in his store for him. What would you do? Uh, everything that was, you know, I would stock inventory. I would uh, do mailings, uh, prep, uh, prep advertising to get out to the fil- to the folks. How'd you feel about that experience? Yeah, you know, I, I loved it. He was. Uh, what would you love about it? My grandpa. It was just a. It was a connection with my grandfather and my my grandmother. I would, I would usually get put on a plane by myself or a train by myself. So it was a. It was one week of me by myself with them. You know, and, kind of involved. So you in felt pretty, So you felt pretty responsible doing this, didn't you? Yeah. He. He. he he would take me in and would show me what he's doing, and he asked for so help. And you sounds to me like you were pretty thorough in terms of what you did for him. Yeah, I, I, you know, what's that have to do with what you're doing nowadays? Well, winemaking and vineyard management is very precise. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of nuances to it. You've got a lot of things working against you. Mother mm-hmm. Nature is, is mm-hmm. the big one, mm-hmm. and uh, you really have no choice but to be thorough in mm-hmm. what you do if you want to put out a good product. Gotcha. Where did you learn this stuff from? Tell me about. Um, what did mom and dad do for a living? Uh, my dad was an engineer for IBM, a manufacturing engineer, and my mom was a nurse. What do you take from mom, uh, you know, each day to, to work? So my my mom was the was the emotional, I think, strength of the family, the uh, the compassion, the the kindness, the thoughtfulness, and my father was my father's a self described pathological tidy, so he's organized to the hilt, and uh, from that I, I kind of get more of my my left brain. Well, so in, uh, in the green room, you mentioned that you were a CFO previously to Sling and Wine. Um, what, how, what CFO is emotional? So how do you... CFO is, is, is really just analytical. So it was, I was basically exercising the, the, the side of my personality that I got from my father, but uh, I was leaving the other side, that emotional side, really unchecked. And so uh, winemaking does that. Winemaking is very much artistry uh it's very much left-brained and, and yet you're running a business at the same time so the nice thing about the wineries is you're you're you're, you're able to, to to basically satisfy both sides mm-hmm. of your personality mark you had a nice relationship with your grandfather tell me about the rest of your family you have uh, a big family small family pretty pretty large family uh all you know most of them were were in the area in the in the boulder denver area so we, we you know i've got aunts and uncles uh 10 cousins in, in the in the area we we got together frequently, you know, uh, football games, watching the Broncos, picnics, uh, going skiing. There was mm-hmm. just a, a lot of opportunities for, uh, for us to get together as a family, and we took advantage of it. Has so you been able to replicate that kind of environment and culture in, at the winery? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one thing that, that we're proudest of when we look at our team is, is that we are very much a family. We, we look out after each other. We're relying on each other. Everybody plays a role. We want to make sure that they have the tools uh, to do their job successfully because we know that translates into success for the business and uh, you know just treat people with with kindness respect compassion and, and they'll love working for you what's the hardest thing you learned as being a CEO or in effect the leader of this whole team 
Well, I, I would say, you know, I, I learned long ago or I read long ago that, that the CEO is a, is a very lonely position. And uh, it's really hard to comprehend that until, you, uh, until you're there. And it, it, there is having that weight of the responsibility of the organization, all your clients, all your customers on your shoulders is uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a burden. And uh, it's, it's hard to comprehend it until you're actually there. Thinking back to your to, to growing up, um, the books and the, you read and the movies you saw, what kind of what particular character or type of character most resonates with you? Well, I I always liked the underdog. I always liked the one who was 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 struggling to persevere. Uh, who eventually at the by the end of the movie was uh, was successful. So you know, at that age, I mean, no better no better answer to that question than Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. So uh, he he uh, he fit that bill. Do you feel like uh, Lost Creek Winery is, is you're you're still the underdog, or are you pretty much got it solved? Oh no, we're 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 scrapping. I mean, we're we're one of the smaller wineries in the county, one of the smaller wineries in the state. Um, you know, we're trying to do things better than everybody else from a from a winemaking standpoint and from a, a culinary offering standpoint. And uh, you know, we came into this, you know, bootstrap this mm-hmm. this uh, operation and. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a struggle you, now. You yeah. mentioned you uh, grew up and you were skiing. What do you learn from skiing, or what do you bring from skiing into your business? Uh, I don't really bring anything from skiing into my business. My skiing is skiing is an escape for me. Skiing is a is a passion for me. Um, I do it to get away. I do it to clear my head. I do it to gain perspective. Um, you know, with that clear head, is it allows you important? to come into the business. Absolutely, you can't get uh, you know you can get into your business. Uh, day in and day out and get um, just consumed with the minutia uh, and if you don't clear that head and you don't give yourself that that fresh perspective to allow you to see your business and your and your clientele and your customers uh, differently then then you'll never you'll never innovate well right, 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 right. you're telling me that you need to go skiing in order to innovate I do why what uh, you know I like I said skiing is a skiing is a passion skiing is 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 soulful and uh, you know you can't you can't innovate without perspective, and you can't find perspective unless you go find your bliss. And so for me, skiing's my bliss. Skiing's my so passion. So you find that your energy increases by taking a break, getting your perspective, skiing, coming back. You'll have new, fresh ideas because you're able to walk away from a little bit, and you feel further energized. Yeah, I think everybody needs to do that. No, no matter how uh, how entrenched you are in your business or how entrenched you are in your ideas or your philosophies, uh, you should challenge them. And you're not going to challenge them uh, if you're if you're in living the grind day after day. Mark, what else do you think? So, you're, uh, this is a long way from Boulder, Colorado. What do you carry with you and bring with you from your hometown? Uh, I th- I've just always had that sense of family. Uh, you know, we head back there as, as often as we can. Um, uh, and it's just, you know, Boulder is a very uh, a mm-hmm. rich area in terms of okay. the environment. And Whose idea was it to start this winery? Well, my wife and I always joke. I, I had the passion for entrepreneurship. She had the passion for wine. Uh, this venture was a, a, a way of, of doing both at the same time. So. Mm-hmm. Is she involved with you in the, in the business? 100%. Yeah, we're both uh, 100% in the world. And how do you guys split up responsibilities? Uh, she's pretty much the front of the house. So she takes care of all the sales and the marketing, the customer experience, uh, the culinary standpoint, what we're offering menu-wise on back of the house. So I do all the vineyard management, uh, winemaking, and then I also get stuck with the bean counting. So Yeah, I figured you'd be doing something with yeah. the finance, <laughs> considering your background. What's the website address of this organization? It's lostcreekwinery.com. Let me have that one more time, please. Lostcreekwinery.com. Excellent. We've been speaking with Tom, uh, Todd Henkel, owner of Lost Creek Winery here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders, and we'll be back in a moment right after this break. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, Some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, 
the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, they, they, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Oh hell no! It's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Bostonbid.com, and, and you can download Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more Bostonbid time. Bostonbid.com. It's B A. Give me the spelling on that. B A L L S T O N B I D dot com. Excellent. And your name again is Tina Leone. And the name of the organization is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight. Back in a moment. Nice. Rock we on. That. That was that. Want help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on this show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Jennifer Eubanks. CEO of CPA department. Jennifer, what is CPA department? What are you guys doing? We're a CPA firm that provides high-level accounting services to small and mid-sized businesses. Oh, cool. And uh, where are you from originally? Alexandria, Virginia. How many brothers and sisters? I have an older brother and a younger sister. All right, so you're in the middle of three. And what kind of sports were you playing when you were a kid? I played soccer. Uh-huh. And uh, what was your role on that team? The goalie. The goalie? Why, 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 why did you like playing goalie? I love playing goalie. It was all about taking risk and uh, being there for the team and taking one for the team. Uh-huh. So you don't mind being like dead center in the middle of it all. What's that have to do with building this organization known as the CPA department? It's, it's everything to do with that. You're, you're in the middle. You're on the line. There's a lot of risk. There's a lot of reward. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. it's messy. All right, Andrew. Jennifer, who was your biggest influence growing up, would you say? My grandfather. And why is that? 
My grandfather retired from uh, the State Department. He had a small savings of $70,000, and he decided to begin investing, and he invited me to participate in that. We had monthly business meetings, and he taught me all about investing and business and how to understand business and, and maneuver in that world. Wait a minute. So as a, as a, as a young woman, you uh, decided to take time once a month to learn about investments. Did your grandfather, he didn't have a background in investing, correct? He, he Was he self-taught? That's right, he was. And what impact did that have on you? Uh, it was huge. He was my role model. Um, it, he was very special to me, and he opened my eyes to many things I wouldn't have seen otherwise. And uh, it was one of those things, uh, the, the challenge to learn something new and, and difficult? To always keep learning, no matter how challenging that might be. What's that have to do with running the CPA department? We learn every day. We learn from our clients. We learn from new challenges and experiences we're facing. And we have to, on the fly, figure out a way to uh, move forward. What was the thing you most respected about your grandfather? I think his uh, humanity. He talked a lot about uh, life and uh, how to live a good life and how to be a good person. So what's the secret to living a good life? (laughs) Do what you love. Keep learning care about your family, invest in people. Are you doing that stuff now? I certainly try every day. What do you mean? What do I mean? Uh, people are important. We look at our people, our clients, uh, as uh, what we're about. Uh, what we do is a byproduct, uh, but it's the people and their peace of mind that comes first. What comes first? What do you mean? Uh, we have to understand who they are, what their challenges are, what their priorities are, and what's going to make them feel comfortable. And that might not always be the right choice for us or what we would necessarily advise a different person, but we, we need to meet the clients where they are. So you're talking about really getting to know your clients. They're not just, uh, they're not just buying a pretzel from you. You're really getting to know these people. They're, you really want to get to know them. You want them to get them to know you. It's really about a deep relationship, isn't it? Yeah, we don't know our clients if we don't know their spouses, their kids, if we don't understand what's happening in their lives. Oh my gosh, you're running an old-fashioned kind of accounting firm. In a modern world with modern technology. Oh my gosh, and you learned this kind of stuff. This came through with your relationship with your grandfather. The idea of people being important and the idea of learning and enjoying the business world came from him, yes. Wow, Katie? What did your mom and dad do for a living? So my mom was a teacher and my father worked for the federal government in audit follow-up. And what do you bring from each of them when you go to work? You know, my mom was a stickler for being independent and taking care of yourself and uh, respecting other people, living up to your word. And so that those were strong values that I grew up with uh, as a child. And my father was very much... Um, Um, interested in making sure we held to our word, making sure that we took care of our business and we did it timely. (laughs) Living up to your word, that's not something... Both mom, You got that from both mom and dad. That's pretty deep in your core, isn't it? Yes. What is? Yes. Um, Being true to... to, to Say what you're going to do and do what you said you were going to do Um, and being true to yourself and being true to your people. You're really committed to that, aren't you? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Mark? So other than soccer, what uh, activities are you involved in growing up? Oh, well, <laughs> I enjoyed math league. So were you good at math? I was good at math. Did you uh, take lots of math classes because it was fun? It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I looked forward to that class uh, more than any other during the day. You said you, you dragged your friends into the math league as well? I did. How, how, did, they, how did they feel about that? <laughs> did they enjoy it as much as you did, or did they do it because they wanted to be with you? I like to think they enjoyed it just as much as I did, whether it was for the math or whether it was so for the group showing, of us. you were showing your ability to recruit at an early age. I mean, isn't that what you're doing with the business in terms of building the team? It is. It absolutely is. Tell me more about that. Uh, I, um, when I'm recruiting, whether for Math League or for our team, it's all about the experience, not just of um, what the job is, but the experience of the team together, as well as the opportunities to see different uh, situations, to understand different clients, and to grow as human beings. You're running, wait a minute, you're running an accounting firm, and, you're, and you just told me it's to grow as human beings. Tell me more about that. What, what are you talking about here? Well, accounting is what we do, but it's not who we are. We're all human, and we're serving humans, and so what we do is we look for ways to provide the service, but also 
peace of mind and grow ourselves as individuals as well. We always want to be better tomorrow than we were are yesterday. You, are you helping entrepreneurs and folks with, with their family planning in terms of college and death and weddings and bar mitzvahs and all that other kinds of stuff? We talk about all of that. We serve businesses, but behind every business is a family. You don't forget that. I mean, that's really important to you, isn't it? It is. Uh-huh. Well, so do you get clients and lose them? Rarely. Why? <laughs> they, they, they tend to stick around. Why do they tend to stick around? Well, I think because we're building those relationships. You know, we, we, we find ourselves they sometimes. They really get your sincerity, don't you? They really get who you are and who the organization is. That's our intention. We, I certainly hope so. That's, that is the message I try to deliver. Why don't you go sell out to a bigger accounting firm? Why don't I sell to a bigger accounting yeah, firm? Yeah, why don't you do that? The culture would change. Ah, I knew that was going to be the answer because if people were sitting here and they could see your face and they could see how you were really engaged in this conversation, the point of the matter is you're all about the people, aren't you? It is the people. Hmm. Stepping away from your the firm right now, thinking back to you know when you were growing up, why were your friends your friends? What was it about you that they appreciated and valued? Loyalty. Can you give me an example? Uh, sure. You know, I have a, had a friend um, when I was young whose mother was going through cancer, and I remember just wanting to be with her. Um, not that I could do anything, but it was it was a, a matter of reassurance and making that connection, being connected to her. Do you feel like in your firm right now in the CPA department, there's there's loyalty among your staff and with you? I do. Uh, you know, my staff are fabulous with me, and I like to think that I provide that back. And do you think your clients think you're loyal to them? Absolutely, yes. Why, why, why did you spend your time with your friend whose mom was going through those difficulties as opposed to going out and playing or having fun? The connection is more important. What do you mean? That's, that's the secret of life, right? Being connected and giving to other people, being there for them and, and, and having the reward of their comfort. Um, why do you have a smile on your face when you're telling me that? Because that's what makes me happy. What does? Being connected to other people, serving mm. them. So you really, you really enjoy the connection with your clients and your and your teammates, don't you? I do. Mm -hmm. Could you see doing anything else? You know, I could see providing just about any service. I could see myself doing anything, but not in a different way. What do you mean? Um, the service is the service is just what we do. Like I said, it's 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 about being connected to the people so you 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 really enjoy being in a service business as opposed to selling pretzels absolutely <laughs> as long as you're serving people you really get joy out of serving people that's right and entrepreneurs and families do you meet with husbands and wives and help them go through family decisions and stuff like that well we do you know we're talking about those major life moments uh we're planning ahead for them um, and retirement and exit strategies merger and acquisition activities and all of that impacts the entire family so you, you really enjoy those conversations. You really enjoy being in the middle of it all, just like you were, you know, the goalie, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And, and connecting with the other folks who are important in that family's lives. Mm -hmm. what's, the website, what's the website address of this organization? CPADEPT.com. Let me have that one more time. CPADEPT.com. We've been speaking with Jennifer Eubanks, CEO of CPA Department here on Executive Leaders Radio. And uh, let's see, Katie, can you give us a rundown on who else we've had the opportunity of speaking with today? Greg McCarthy, CEO of AOC Key Solutions, Jennifer Collins, CEO and President of JDC Events, Todd Henkel, owner of Lost Creek Winery, and Jennifer Eubanks, CEO of CPA Department. Let's get a couple of website addresses in here. Greg, what is your website address? AOCKeySolutions.com. Come up real quick to that, please. AOCKeysolutions.com. Jennifer, your uh, Jennifer Collins, your website address? JDC-events.com. Todd, Todd Henkel, your website? LostCreekWinery.com. And Jennifer Eubanks? CPADEPT.com. I'd like to thank my co-host, Andrew Howard, Howard Insurance, Mark Haas, Association for Enterprise Growth, and Katie Brewer for giving me a hand structuring the questions. Hope you're providing our listening audience with an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. Thank you for joining us today and have a nice day. Bye-bye.
Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.